Hello and welcome to Show Talk Podcast, please where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. We are back with another episode of The Nevers, episode four, and whoo, wow, when I say my emotions have just not gotten a break in the last couple of episodes, no, because we're in episode four and I'm just as mad, just as sad. There were tears this episode, um... I screamed a little bit, not as much as last week, but just a little bit. So, you know, earplugs if you need for this episode, but I don't think I'll be screaming this time, but there was a lot of things that I can't wait to go into with you guys, especially when it comes to Mary's song, detective growth, which I was surprised by Mr. Mason. Oh, we just have so much to talk about. Um, and yes, of course I have theories. I have theories. So buckle yourself in for that. Um, but if you're gonna stick with me, I just want to let you know now, this is a TVMA show, so if you are not a mature adult, you shouldn't be watching this show, and you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast, but if you are, and you've stuck with me so far, let's get into this episode, let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly of The Nevers, episode four. Man, when I say emotions are high this episode, emotions are high, high with Mary's death. It was like she was, like Melody says, she was the angel. She was the one that brought everyone close together. She kind of created a calm and a security and a a beacon or a lighthouse to hope. And now she's gone. And I was already mad at the end of last week's episode. I was crying. There was tears. There was shock. Okay, so now seeing the characters themselves process this, I was right along with them. We were grieving together. I feel like as a collective, as everyone who watched and everyone who invested in Mary in the last two episodes and to witness this death, we all are collectively grieving in some way or another. We see Amalia. She's drinking. She's fighting because she blames herself obviously because she technically is like a leader to the touched she's gathered all of these people to come for a movement for a mission that she doesn't even know and now she's lost the one person that is supposed to help with that change and whether that was intentional or not it's going to be a lot of pressure on her and it's it's going to change things because she doesn't know what she's doing is right and now she has even more people who depend on her and what's to come next and it's like she can't handle it so she puts herself in fights and she's drinking to kind of numb the pain a little bit more we see penance who is just taking on that caretaker role while also trying to process everything on her own it's like she has to look over the rest of the touch while amalia is away and, and dealing with things on her own while also having to look over and watch out for amalia too because she she understands and she knows and she does look up to amalia as well so it's a lot of pressure for her and you can kind of see her distancing herself a little bit from all of it just to compartmentalize everything that's happened and I I kind of look into that a little bit more especially if we talk about the after show and how penance tends to shoulder all the burden of everyone so I feel like there are some mannerisms she took in this episode where you can see her kind of just her own grieving process which I thought was very very well done this episode we also have Detective Mundy who is upset he is big upset and I felt honestly I felt the worst for him because his own beacon like he couldn't even hear Mary's song but he knew more of him than anyone she knew who he was 
She knew more than his anger and his drinking. She knew his entire life and still loved him for it. Said she was still going to be there for him for it. And he had to just watch her be murdered in front of his eyes. And he couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything. You know, out of all the grieving reactions that came from this episode, I thought it was very interesting that we got to see key insights into other people who are touched within the orphanage. Like we got to see a little bit more into Harriet's side of the grieving and how she's processing everything to the fact that these people don't like her so much and who she is and her fellow touched people so much to the point that they would kill someone who was one of their own, not even a few days ago in broad daylight. Someone who was just an average sweet girl with a beautiful voice and they killed her for what? And you get to see her, her process everything in the form of looking at her gifts. She's blowing on these grapes and it's turning into glass like, like they always do. And she evaluates how this This one gift, this small thing, has changed so much of her life. She's married to someone who isn't touched and she gets to see them go out in the world and not have to fear for their life. Go out in the world and be able to go to school and make friends and continue living. And here she is trapped in this orphanage waiting for justice that she doesn't even know will be able to happen because people like her are not part of that justice system. And so I thought that that scene was very interesting to see just because we don't get to see a lot of the other touched characters and their thoughts and their feelings. I feel like the most we get to see from is Myrtle, even if she doesn't speak English, and a little bit of Harriet and Lucy. I feel like out of the main characters, those are the three we really lean on if we want to see the insights of the orphanage. So to see her interact more this episode, I really liked. Um, But it also showed that tensions are high in all parts of the group, okay? Monday is looking for revenge. So is Amalia. Penance is over here trying to keep the peace so that things don't end up on fire with bonfire ready to put in fights and actions like no one really knows what to do and everyone's looking towards amalia but amalia's having her own breakdown and bonfire thinks that she could take her place but honestly she couldn't because anything she would want to do would just set for more violence and more bodies and would probably be worse for the touch and then You have Mundy who wants to take things into his own hands. And then we have Mr. Mason over here who's trying to make his own form of power play against the touch. So there's a lot of imbalance that's happening when it comes to what should be happening next and who we should be going after first. And we do see a list of like the potential people. Like we have Malady, of course, who could be a potential hitman because one, it was her guy that was broken out of jail. It was... Her who kidnapped Mary in the first place, almost tried to kill her last episode. We saw it, we know, but could she be possibly being framed? Yes. We have the Beggar King because he also is at a power imbalance right now and is going against the touch. Could it be him? Yes. We have Hugo with his schemes of trying to steal or recruit more touched people for his ferryman project. We have Lavinia, of course, and her brother. And when I say I saw her at that funeral and I was ready to throw hands, I was ready to throw hands, okay? Because I know after what she did, she wasn't at the funeral and I don't trust her. 
I do not trust her. And then we also have Mr. Mason, who's over here buying bombs for what? For what? He says it's for a war, but for what war? For him against the troubled or for England versus whoever? And since he's been saying since episode one that he is at war with the touched, you know for a fact that he's about to make some moves and I don't know in what ways. Like, is he about to bomb the orphanage? I don't know. But there's a lot of suspect and it's time to cross off some names. If you've been listening long enough, you know in this deranged game of Clue that's been happening this episode, I would be gunning for Lavinia. She would be my first subject, first suspect, and we didn't even go into her this episode, not even a little bit. I mean, I guess we did put her on the map because as they're going through and they're discussing what suspects could be possible in the death of Mary, they mentioned the Bidlows and everyone's like, could never like they've done so much for us you know been good people and then Horatio's like do not trust a tiger in sheep's clothing because they're right there they'll pretend to be your ally they'll be in your face they'll be in your fundraisers they'll be in your protests and then as soon as you look underneath nothing but evil and that is Lavinia and we already know this, but they don't know that. They don't know this, but we know this. And we didn't even get into her this episode and I'm upset about it. I mean, I guess we did cross off Augustus, but still, I'm upset. And so I hope next episode, now that we've crossed off a majority of our people, Lavinia's next. Especially with how it seems like Lavinia or maybe Lord Mason, I haven't decided yet, but either Lavinia or Lord Mason is putting in plots to cover cover their back on what happened with Mary. So I'm I'm conflicted, okay? I'm either between Lord Mason or I'm with Lavinia on what really happened with Mary. But before we get into that, I really want to get into Lundy and Hugo. There was a lot. I feel like we went through a breakup in that scene where Lundy goes to confront Hugo and um wow. <laughs> because like I said, someone is trying to cover their tracks and they're putting people in different directions to try to thin out who the real culprit is. And it seems like someone has put in an idea that Hugo is partnering up with the purists. Now that would make sense, okay? That would make sense since Hugo really wants to get into the touched trade and the only way to do that is to defeat all of his competition and one of his competition is Amalia. And now with Mary being able to bring everyone in with the touched, if you get her out, then the foundation of the orphanage and the trust in Amalia is shaken. And so technically, if it was Hugo, would people really be surprised? No, because he has things under wraps that a lot of people don't know about. Now, taking into account that it could be Lavinia that's framing him because Gustus is working with Hugo without really knowing what the ferryman is all about. And then it could also be Lord Mason framing Hugo because he doesn't think that that kind of entertainment is suitable for the English lifestyle. And he's already threatened Hugo last episode. So either one could be trying to create a scapegoat here. So when Mundy goes to confront Hugo, honestly, I thought he was gonna take this man's head off. I was worried. Um, and for Hugo to be like, yo, it wasn't me, I'm being framed. Sorry, Mundy, for your loss, RIP. And for Detective Mundy to be like, you know what? I still suspect you, you're still a trash person. You know what, I'm done in all ways than one. You know it's because they were still sleeping together. What? And Hugo's face? Oh, I feel like we just watched a breakup. 
Mm. And then for Detective Money to be like, you know what? I don't care. Use that blackmail you have on me. It's whatever. Ah, my heart. Because even in death, oh, I feel like Mary really set him free. And now he's like living to his like his full self and his full potential. Shedding a tear now. And like, that's not just the only piece of growth we've seen in Mundy because we also see his interaction with Malady. So basically he can cross off two suspects in this one episode. And we see that he talks to Malady and he's like, Yo, relax, because she, of course, has his lieutenant by the throat ready to kill him because she's upset that she feels like she's being framed on what happened to Mary because she would never. You know, and that really, like, it's so confusing to me. Like, Malady will kill anybody, okay, right? She kills who she thinks is her cause and is her purpose. And the idea of even being framed for Mary's death because she knew how important Mary was in whatever God that she was seeing is so insulting to her that she would willingly go to the police station to talk to Mundy to be like, I'm innocent. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy to me. And so as she's trying to plead her case and explain to him, like, it wasn't me. Please free my name because I don't want anyone to think that I would murder her. I was in the coffin with her. Bruh. It was just a lot. And that chase scene between her and Lundy, I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill her. He's going to kill her. He doesn't believe that she would, because everyone thinks that Malady would do it. She's crazy enough to do it. But like, is she though? Like she can't, she has her own mission that she's following through clearly. And so to be considered part of Mary's death ruins that. And so I was so nervous that entire chase scene. I had to fast forward. I had to fast forward. I thought Monday was going to kill her. I was honestly worried when he bashed her head against that wall. I was like, "Woo, no, couldn't do it. Couldn't beat me. And when he started screaming about justice, I was so confused. I had to rewind and start again and watch the scene, see how the guards were actually going to kill Melody. And he was like, no, she's going to get justice from us. She deserves justice from us. And I, oh, I could bawl just crying thinking about it because Malady has been through so much. She has been through men who are of higher power than her, abusing her, accusing her, all these things, this, that, and the third. And we even discussed it last episode when Amalia and Mundy were talking to each other and he knows her history. So even in that grief, even in all that anger, when not even a few minutes prior, he was ready to rip off Hugo's head. For him to turn around and say, she gets justice from us. And instead what they do is they just lock her up in prison and and try to decide whether or not she's innocent in this case and in the millions of other cases that she has. That was a lot. Like, that was growth. I was so proud of him this episode. He gets my character of the episode award because I was, that was a beautiful scene. I cried. I'm not gonna lie. It was great. So that's like two of the five suspects that we have. So we've already crossed off Hugo. We've crossed off Malady now. Penance crossed off Augustus because honestly, he's as wet as a napkin. Couldn't even tie his shoes wrong if Lavinia looked at him different. Then we crossed off the Beggar King with Bonfire because she is, honestly, can someone tell me what Bonfire is doing? Like, it's like she, wants to help the orphanage but she also wants to continue her past work of becoming the new beggar king because her father and the beggar king used to have a rivalry and so she's kind of trying to get that power back while also 
working for the orphanage. So I don't really know how that history is working out. But I feel like we're gonna get a little bit more into that, especially since we met a new troubled character in Nimble and they seem to have some sort of a bond. I think it'll be interesting to see how that's going to change things with her and her story and if she's gonna still keep trying to fight for this power between her and the Burger King or if she's just gonna give it up and keep fighting for Amalia and the rest of the troubled. I don't know. But we can cross him off of the list. So that's Malady, Hugo, the Beggar King, Augustus, and then finally for this episode at least, Lord Mason as well as possibly an inside job because we have to take into account who would possibly know that Mary was going to the park and when. And honestly, it gives us such a great scene between Amalia and Lord Mason where they have this little role-playing moment where they try to figure out who could possibly be the one to kill Mary and their reasoning. And I thought this scene was so interesting because like they said in the after episode, they explained how this power shift that Amalia and Lord Mason have been having since they met and this is just another round that they get to go off of and for Lord Mason to listen to what Amalia is saying to take her advice to do a, a role play to sit down even while she's standing above him that is huge because we kind of have to remember what kind of person Lord Mason is he does not give power up easily and for him to just be giving up all of his secrets and stating that the troubled are such terrible things to the society that we must go to war against it and knowing knowing damn well we know about the possible bombs that he has it's all very suspect for him and his character but I feel like it was done just so very well and I like that they mentioned the fact that this kind of role play isn't something that they would do in that kind of time period so for them to physically put that scene in it means something something that we should be digesting and looking into a lot more which we see later on in the episode with Lucy now when I tell you I was upset I was so upset over Lucy's betrayal like I didn't expect it and I didn't expect it because I, like I said we only see so many of the troubled characters we see Harriet we see a little bit of Myrtle we see Lucy the most and she comes off as so strong just like Amalia that she has been there since the beginning she's been our number one troubled person that's the OG. She is the OG part of this orphanage and she's helped raise and take care of these children. For her to be working with Lord Mason, why? Why? Why did we have to do it? Like I know she was dealing with a lot, like a lot of internalized hate because of the death of her child, because of her troubled powers. And I get that. I get that. That's traumatizing. She's been dealing with it all on her own. She's still trying to be strong, but you can't you can't get over that and we see Mary tap into that for her last episode and I thought they had a bond I thought it was greater than her betrayal and no apparently not and I guess Lord Mason promised her that he would be able to fix it but really Lord Mason when has he ever showed any type of support or thought process in trying to change the troubled other than wiping them out I mean this man has bombs for Christ's sake to fight the troubled. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that he's going to put them in a little experiment and try to figure out how to heal them. It means he wants to wipe them from this earth. Oh, her thought process, I just don't understand. Okay, she'd have a better chance of finding a, a cure from Lavinia and her crazy dog. Like, what are you doing? 
Now to see her and Amalia fight, and Amalia, you know, she's been holding on to that pent-up energy and that anger, and she could have killed her. She could have killed her. But penance, penance is her only conscience to save her from it all. Oh, man. Honestly, it was a close call for Lucy, and I was so mad. I, I wouldn't have really cared. I mean, I know they wanted us to feel bad when they showed the little kid's toy, and honestly, I did shed a tear, but I was so upset. I was so upset because I was bawling last episode at The Last with Mary that this betrayal just hurts me even more, and I could feel that anger. I could feel that anger that everyone was feeling at the beginning of the episode, just rising up to find out that she was the mole. And it had me thinking, I was like, how long has she, how long has she been working for Lord Mason? The small part in my heart wants to think that it was after we found out about the evil skin doctors and their recruitment process to steal more troubled people and then we heard that story about the woman who killed her daughter and her unborn child and then Lucy almost lost her mind like I want to think it was from then right like yesterday I want to think that she only went to Lord Mason yesterday but it could be before that because Lord Mason knows a lot more than he should and so should could she have been feeding him information this entire time and hoping that he found a cure for her I really hope not I really I really hope not because that would be a big blow that would be a big blow but now that lord mason has lost his in and he's also lost his shipment of bombs you know back to square one with that one good luck because now we also have another thing up our sleeve now that we're able to translate mary's song like oh i can't wait to get into this part with you guys because i've just been wanting to talk about it the entire time so I want it to be let known that I thought Amalia was an alien since the beginning of this episode. And if you followed me live tweeting the Nevers yesterday, I mentioned it in my t my tweets because when she was talking to Penance about how she doesn't know who she is and that she was abandoned and that she's supposed to be doing this mission that she doesn't know much about, like who abandoned her? Where is she from? All these questions. And I, at first I was like, maybe she's an immigrant, but then... <laughs> But then I was like, who left? The aliens. Who was left? Amalia. Aliens, Amalia, Amalia is an alien. But here is my theory. Here is my theory. Have you ever watched or read the book, The Host? You know that it's about aliens that come down that take over human bodies and it's a whole crazy war thing. But at the end, somebody dies and then they're able to take that alien and implant them into the dead human and then it becomes alive and then they become their own person. Now, bear with me here, bear with me here. But remember in the beginning when Amalia jumped into the water and she like died, right? Basically, she, she came back alive, she was touched and she became a whole different person. What if, what, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. What if Amalia died? in that in that moment because she was deep in the water she was deep deep in the water she had to like fight for breath all of that she died what if she died and then when she was touched it was an alien that came and took over her body right and so she still has the memories of her previous host but now she also knows some of the things from when she was an alien which is why she was able to say both things and she got caught and like ended up going into the asylum that probably had Melody and Horatio and all those things because she knew something that she shouldn't know 
and here she is now. What if Amalia is kind of an alien and now she's slowly getting her memories back over the past three years, which led her to creating the orphanage and combining all of the touch together because they know that the war is coming and Amalia this entire time has felt abandoned because the aliens left without her and she was the only one to remember. What if? And then, and then none of the other aliens remember who are part of the touched, who are within the touched, know what's going on or they're like not present because they're dormant inside of each touched person because they didn't die when it happened. You know what I mean? Honestly, you can tell me that I'm reaching if you think that I'm reaching, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because the fact that Mary's song was actually a message to Amalia, who would have sent it? Who would have sent it but the aliens? You don't know. And neither do I, which was what makes this episode and this entire show just so, I don't know, entertaining and just thrilling to watch because this is one of the few shows that I can watch and not be able to figure out what the ending is by the time the season's over. Like the season is almost over and I cannot tell you how this is going to end and I love every second of it. And honestly, I'm sitting here wondering if each gift is not actually specific to the person that it was given to. I mean, maybe it was. So maybe every alien or every touched person they were touched for a reason. And maybe what if that reason is reaching out to each other like Myrtle's gift lets her translate Mary's gift and Malady's gift lets her see things and what if Bonfire and Harriet's gift are all just defense mechanisms against the war that's coming like what if each gift is of importance for something bigger that's coming or for the new the new era that's coming like what oh what if what if and then also can we talk about the fact that It's so crazy that Myrtle's touched power is that she can speak so many different languages, right? And then she finally translates what Mary's song is. And we know that it's just about the aliens telling Amalia they haven't abandoned her, telling her that they are trapped in the darkness. Lavinia, I'm looking at you. And then we find out also that something is coming for her to continue to watch out for the touched and for her to use what is in her disposal to get ready for the mission the mission the one thing that we have been asking ourselves what it is some of it is still honestly left up for interpretation we are interpreting english and finally understanding what this song has been about the entire time from myrtle a girl who cannot speak english you know what that is levels that is levels and so many reasons why i love this show So now, while I'm internally screaming about how much I love this show, I'm also bawling my eyes out because we finally get to see emotion from Amalia this entire season of her just holding on a strong front for everyone. She finally breaks down at the idea that she wasn't abandoned and that she's not alone. I'm sorry, I'm crying. I'm crying. Amalia cries, I cry. I said it yesterday, I'm saying it again. I am a simp for her and this rest of this cast. I can't. I can't. Oh no. I don't know what I'm gonna do when this show is over. We only have what? Two episodes left? Two episodes left before the finale and then we have to wait for a season two because we better get a season two? Oh man, it's gonna be a rough, it's gonna be a rough year in waiting, isn't it? Ugh. But that's basically all that I have for this episode. But of course, we have little gems um, and side plots that I wanted to mention, like we always do before I ended this episode. Now, tell me if I'm, I'm doing too much, but Nimble and Bonfire. Did we see tension? 
I saw I saw a little bit of tension and I thought that was very interesting and I think it's honestly because that's the first time Bonfire has ever had someone at the same level as her when it comes to their touch powers what do you think no too much too much I don't know but I, I liked it in that moment that two second moment that they had was very interesting to me I did peep it and then that scene in the prison when Melody is like wrapped up to the table and she's talking about how all she wants to do is work in the god's light and that she's just his instrument or their instrument and why won't they ever play her I'm questioning I'm questioning whether Melody is an alien too I'm questioning whether Melody and Horatio are aliens because I want to hold on to the fact that Amalia was put into the institution and that's how she met Melody but what if Melody is also kind of the alien like why what if the what if because Melody's host is so unstable that part of the alien was not dormant enough that she has a closer connection to them than any of the other touched and the fact that she can still see the aliens and was the only one to remember the aliens her connection is stronger you know I don't know I don't know but it's it's a theory that I've been thinking about from this episode every time she tries to talk to these gods and these aliens it makes me wonder what her connection to them is so much especially because Amalia last episode or the episode before tried to put a connection between the two of them and then she she brushed it off so I'm just remembering that scene when she was talking to Mundy about what it would do to her to be stuck in a place and to feel all alone and isolated knowing that there's more out there I don't know lastly were any of you guys able to pick up any of the languages that Myrtle was saying when she was reciting the song like I heard some Japanese I think I heard a little bit of Italian and maybe some Spanish but I thought it was pretty cool the fact that they integrated so many different languages Afrikaans all of that just to make up this character but also this song I thought that was very just well done and, and well thought of but also because it just came to me right now what if mary's song is like the alien's language but then wouldn't amalia be able to understand but if she doesn't have her full memories yet maybe not i don't know i'm, I'm doing too much i'm doing too much so if you've gotten this far into the episode i just want to thank you so much i can't believe we're more than halfway through the season and it's coming to a close but honestly this time on this show and podcasting for you guys have been so great i love interacting with your tweets and reading what you guys have to say and then just making my own theories that i get to throw out at you at random which i apologize but yeah it's been so great and you know all the things to do. Follow me on Show Talk Podcast on Twitter if you'd like to see more of my crazy live tweets and content. If you would like to send me a personal email at showtalkpodcast at gmail.com just to talk about more shows, go right on ahead. I am open and ready. And also, if you want to check out my website at showtalk.blog just to see what other shows I am podcasting, you are welcome to do that as well. But as always, thank you for sticking around. But keep on talking not only about this show but others but until then i will see you at the next episode